Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is April the 2nd, and our chapter for today is 1 Kings chapter 1. Now, 1 Kings is neatly divided. The first 11 chapters deal with Solomon, his anointing as king, being raised to the place of ruler over Israel, his rise and his fall. And then you have his death and the division of the kingdom, starting at chapter 12 and going all the way through the end of chapter 22. You have the accession of Rehoboam and the accession of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin and divided the kingdom. Both were at fault, Rehoboam, the young son of Solomon, and also Jeroboam, the son of Nebat. It was just a bad situation altogether, and we will deal with that as we go through the book. But right now, I want us to focus our attention on this first chapter when one of David's sons, Adonijah, takes it upon himself to exalt himself and to proclaim himself king, and that's never God's way. Beginning at chapter 1 and verse 1, Now King David was old, he was advanced in years, and they put covers on him, but he could not get warm. His circulation evidently was not what it needed to be. Therefore his servants said to him, Let a young woman, a virgin, be sought for our Lord the king, and let her stand before the king, and let her care for him, and let her lie in your bosom that our Lord the king may be warm. There is nothing like the human body in all of history to keep another human body warm. She was like a blanket to him. They evidently did not have sex whatsoever. He was in no shape to do that, but she was there to keep him warm. Now, some people think that this is a horrible situation, but God did not say a word about it. And if God didn't say a word about it, you and I don't need to say a word about it because this was done evidently with the purest of motives. She cared for him and did not do anything inappropriate. It was a matter of trying to serve the king and make sure that he could live as long as he possibly could. And so they sought for a lovely young woman throughout all the territory of Israel and found Abishag, the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. And the young woman was very lovely, and she cared for the king and served him, but the king did not know her. That means that they didn't have sex. He wasn't interested in sex. He was interested in getting warm, and that's why they brought her to him. Then Adonijah, the son of Hagit, exalted himself, that's an underliner there, saying, I will be king. And he prepared for himself chariots and horses. Notice how much of this was him. Notice how much it says himself, himself, I, and 50 men would run before him. And his father had not rebuked him at any time by saying, why have you done so? 
He was a very good-looking man. His mother had born him after Absalom. And then he conferred with Joab, son of Zeruiah, and with Abiathar, the priest. They followed and helped Adonijah, but Zadok, the priest, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, Nathan, the prophet, Shimei, Ray, and the mighty men who belonged to David were not with Adonijah. And Adonijah sacrificed sheep and oxen and fattened cattle by the stone of Zohelet, that's the stone of the serpent, which is in Rogel. It's by in Rogel. In or Ein is the word for spring. Rogel is the name of the spring. He also invited all his brothers, the king's sons, and all the men of Judah, the king's servants, but he did not invite Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the mighty man, or Solomon his brother. So Nathan spoke to Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Have you not heard Adonijah, the son of Haggit, has become king, and David, our Lord, does not know it? Come, please let me give you advice that you may save your own life and the life of your son Solomon. Now, Nathan was a very wise man and godly man, and he knew that if indeed Adonijah came to power because of the way he came to power in his selfishness, he would be paranoid, especially since it was known that the kingdom and the kingship was promised to Bathsheba's son, Solomon. And so he would have gotten rid of them very quickly. So hence, that's why Nathan spoke as he did. He said, come, please let me now give you advice that you may save your own life and that of your son, Solomon. Shlomo, if that had not been the case, then they would have been killed. Go immediately to King David. Notice the urgency. Go immediately to King David and say to him, Did you not, my lord, O king, swear to your maidservant, saying, Assuredly, your son Solomon shall reign after me, and he shall sit on the throne? Now, probably... When the king told Bathsheba this, Nathan was in the room. Nathan was his trusted advisor. And so he's the one that brought this to the attention of Bathsheba and said, you remember that this is what the king wanted. These were his words, and that proves out before the end of the chapter. This was what he advised her. Assuredly, your son Solomon shall reign after me, and he shall sit on my throne. Now, this is what David had told Bathsheba. Why then, she is to ask the question, why then has Adonijah become king? Then while you are still talking with the king, I also will come in after you and confirm your words. Now, you say, well, this was a plan. This was not spontaneous. Well, who says everything in the kingdom of God has to be spontaneous? This was a plan, and it was a good plan, and it was a godly plan, and it was devised by the Lord himself, or God would have stopped it because God sanctioned everything that Nathan said to do. So, verse 15, Bathsheba went into the chamber of the king. He was in his own room. And notice, it's a parenthetical statement. Now, this is the favorite wife, Bathsheba, going in. Now, the king was very old, and Abishag, the Shunammite, was serving the king. In other words, she was helping him out, and she was lovely. She was young. She was a virgin. But notice Bathsheba had no disrespect for her, not condescending to her, and Bathsheba bowed and did homage to the king. That was what she had always done and she continued to do. There was no spite here. 
no fighting before the king, anything like that. Then the king said, what is your wish? Then she said, my Lord, you swore by the Lord, your God to your maidservant saying, assuredly, Solomon, your son shall reign after me and he shall sit on my throne. So now look, Adonijah has become king, and now, my lord the king, you do not even know about it. He has sacrificed oxen, fattened cattle, and sheep in abundance, and has invited all the sons of the king, Abiathar the priest, and Joab the commander of the army, but Solomon your servant was not invited. And as for you, my lord, O king, the eyes of all of Israel are on you, that you should tell them who will sit on the throne of my lord, the king, after him. Now, the reason she did that is because, as you know, David had many sons. You can go back in the book of Second Samuel and find the order in which they were born. Solomon would have been the seventh, as I read it. He was to be the king, and David had told Bathsheba that this would be the case and had made that known to Nathan and others in his entourage of advisors. And so she is bringing this up. She's saying to him, otherwise it will happen if you don't say something, king, when my lord the king rests with his fathers, because David knew his time was at hand, that I and my son Solomon will be counted as offenders. In other words, they'll be killed. And just then, while she was talking with the king, Nathan the prophet also came in. They told the king, here is Nathan the prophet. And when he came in before the king, he bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. And Nathan said, my lord, O king, have you said Adonijah shall reign after me and he shall sit on my throne? And he probably paused. For he has gone down today and sacrificed oxen and fatted cattle and sheep in abundance and has invited all the king's sons and the commanders of the army and Abiathar the priest. And look, they are eating and drinking before him. And they say, long live King Adonijah. But he's not invited me, your servant, nor Zadok the priest, nor Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, nor your servant Solomon. Has this thing been done by my lord the king, and you've not told your servant who should sit on the throne of my lord the king after him? Why? Because Nathan was the one that would have been assigned to anoint the next king. It would have been in his hand to do it, and Zadok the priest. Then King David answered and said, Call Bathsheba to me. So she came into the king's presence and stood before the king, and the king took an oath and said, As the Lord lives, who has redeemed my life from every distress, just as I swore to you by the Lord God of Israel, saying, So he did do it. Assuredly, Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he shall sit on my throne in my place. So I will certainly do this day. So I will certainly do this day. You see, David said, What I said I'll do, I'll do. Then Bathsheba bowed her face to the earth and paid homage to the king and said, Let my lord, King David, live forever. By the way, Bathsheba, he is. Then King David said, Call to me Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada. So they came in to the king, and the king also said to them, Take you the servants of your Lord, and have Solomon my son ride on my mule. Oh, that is big. And uh, take him to Gihon, not in Rogel. That was on down the valley. That was down the Kidron Valley, where past the forks are. 
where the Central Valley, the Teropian Valley, as the Romans called it, the Cheesemakers Valley, and the son of Hinnom, Guy ben Hinnom, the Valley of the Son of Hinnom, run together, Gehenna. All three of those valleys run into one, the Kidron, and it runs all the way down to the Dead Sea, miles and miles away, the lowest point on earth. But it runs right by, within a quarter of a mile where they come together, it runs by Enrogel. So it was not even a mile from Gihon to Enrogel, probably about a half a mile. And uh, it was in a valley, what we would call in East Tennessee a hollow. We would actually say a holler. And so they could hear what was going on. And so that gives you the idea of why these next statements are made. Verse 34 There, let Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet anoint him king over Israel and blow the shofar and say, long live King Solomon. That wouldn't have been just two or three saying that. That would have been the crowds that would have been gathered. Then you shall come up after him, and he shall come and sit on my throne, and he shall be king in my place. For I have appointed him to be ruler over Israel and Judah, the entire 12 tribes. Benaiah, the son of Jehoiada, answered the king and said, Amen. May the Lord God of my Lord the king say so too. As the Lord has been with my Lord the king, even so may he be with Solomon and make his throne greater than the throne of my Lord King David. And David was good with that. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benai the son of Jehoiada, the Carathites and the Pelathites went down and had Solomon ride on the king's mule and took him to Gihon. Then Zadok the priest took a horn of oil from the tabernacle and anointed Solomon. Then they blew the shofar, and the people said, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him, and the people played the flutes and rejoiced with great joy, so that the earth seemed to split at their sound. Very loud. Now, just a half a mile away, remember, no street noise, nothing going on, no car horns blowing, nothing like modern-day Israel. Now Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they were finished eating. And when Joab heard the sound of the shofar, he said, Why is the city in such a noisy uproar? And while he was still speaking, there came Jonathan, the son of Abiathar, the priest. And Adonijah said to him, Come in, for you are a prominent man, and bring good news. Well, that's not the case. Then Jonathan answered and said to Adonijah, no, exclamation point, no, our Lord King David has made Solomon king. And the king has sent Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benai the son of Jehoiada, the Carathites and the Pelathites, and they have made him ride on the king's mule. So Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon. They had gone up there with rejoicing into the city, and it's in an uproar. This is the noise that you've heard. Also, Solomon sits on the throne of the kingdom. He's on David's throne. And moreover, the king's servants have gone to bless our Lord King David, saying, May God make the name of Solomon better than your name, and may he make his throne greater than your throne. Then the king bowed himself on the bed, and the king said thus, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, who has given one to sit on on my throne this day, and my eyes have seen it. So listen to verse 49. 
So all the guests who were without Anijah were afraid. They were terrified, and they left quickly. In other words, they ran out of the house and left Adonijah and all of his entourage there. Now Adonijah was afraid of Solomon, so he arose and went and took hold of the horns of the altar. I have a podcast on that. And it was told Solomon, saying, Indeed, Adonijah is afraid of King Solomon. For look, he has taken hold of the horns of the altar, saying, Let King Solomon swear to me today that he will not put his servant to death with a sword. Then King Solomon said, If he proves himself a worthy man and not a corrupt man, not a hair of his head shall fall to the earth. But if wickedness, if evil is found in him, he'll die. So King Solomon sent them to bring him down from the altar, and he came and fell down before King Solomon, and King Solomon said, go to your house. That's the end of the chapter. Oh, my goodness. What a chapter. It is the changing of the guard, only it's not the guard. It's the changing of the king. Solomon is in control. What a great start. It's sad that we know that everything that starts well doesn't end well. But that's coming in the days ahead. I pray that you will understand that when God raises someone up, no one can put them down. And when God puts someone down, no one can raise them up. God is sovereign. And God is the one that takes situations that are ugly, like the adulterous relationship of Bathsheba and David, and the murder that David committed, the cover-up that he did, the coveting of another man's wife. Did he pay for that? Yes. But did God bless in spite of it? And out of that union come the wisest man who ever lived, the one who would build the great temple, the worship center for God Almighty. Did that happen? Yes, it did. Aren't you glad that God is in control and not us? For On the Way, this is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.